confinement. Dan reached over to the bedside table and opened a bottle of mineral water. With infuriating poise, he poured himself a glassful. You frightened us. I almost called the police. What about the hours you keep? You fall asleep on the couch in your office and don't get home till dawn. The only times I've done that, said Dan gravely, have been medical emergencies. Medical, in Dan's mouth, sounded like the Virgin Mother. It was, for Dan, a holy word. You've got a double standard, said Nadia. Do you know how many times I wake up in the middle of the night wondering where you are? I work in a hospital. What the hell is your excuse? Even hell sounded respectful when it came from Dan. She'd often thought that nothing was real to him except for his cancer cells. Dan could probably tolerate a straying wife. What threw him into a rage was the mulishness of other oncologists who resisted his innovations and other physicians' incompetence. If she were to say now, yes, I've had an extramarital affair, he'd probably just take out his laboratory notebook and start taking notes. But Nadja was more complicated than that. She'd deceived him so thoroughly he'd never forgive her for it. It was imperative that he never find out. I'm waiting, Nadja. Are you going to tell me? Nadja tossed her comb down on the vanity. It's all so simple for you, isn't it? You talk to me like you're the head of everything running your department. You want to reduce error and improve efficiency, do you? Well, this is a marriage, not a hospital, and I'm not one of your brown-nosing lab assistants. She stopped. Her comb had ricocheted off the wall, landing in a tray of mints, displacing one. The piece of candy had collided against the ashtray before coming to rest beside a matchbox. It was embossed with the words, The Parallel Club, Berlin, London, Moscow, Munich, New York, Paris, Rome. You make it difficult at this point, said Dan. Nadja blinked, her eyes stung. She reached out for the curtains. Her hands became enmeshed in layers of sheer fabric before she was able to make contact with the window. It got stuck when she pushed it open. She shoved. It wouldn't budge. She brought her forehead close, resting against the cool glass pane. The sidewalk lay smooth and flat below. Across the street from their hotel, the grounds of the Carnegie Mansion were abloom with roses, lit up by lights, kept behind iron gates. Nadja heard a clarinet playing and the clatter of dishes being cleared away. They'd missed the cocktail hour. The auction for mercy was about to begin in the ground-floor ballroom. They'd have to attend. It was expected of them. Dan would never break down, lose his head, crumble. A driven, competitive man, he'd excelled in three careers at once, as a research scientist, an oncologist, and a surgeon. Dan kept calm under pressure. It was this trait of level-headed rationality which had drawn Nadja to him. Dan, people said was the kind of rock-like man one ought to stand next to in a fire. That was just what Nadia had done when she'd been in trouble once. She'd singled him out for his kindness, his reliability, and his sense of perspective. And then she'd pursued Dan tirelessly. But there was something else in him, withdrawn and passive. Nadia had become attuned to it. Now, as she watched him adjust his shirt cuffs just so... He seemed indifferent. It was your birthday. I'd made that reservation months in advance, Dan said. 
reviewing the events of that terrible day in April when Nadja had almost gotten caught. Nadja, please, all I do is, all I ever do is try to. Nadja sat bolt upright in her chair. In all their years of marriage, she'd only once seen him weep, but the moment passed. It had just lasted an instant. Dan inserted a cufflink through the buttonhole of his sleeve. He started tucking the tails of his white-smocked shirt into his freshly pressed tuxedo pants. I've spent my life, he said, and didn't conclude the thought. He had not spent his life trying to make Nadja happy. She'd never been at the center. He expended his best energies on ministering to the ill, the phantoms, wrestling them from death, restoring them, nursing them along, playing savior to them. His patients were his damsels in distress. Cancer was his enemy. The drama that absorbed him had left Nadja on the periphery. Nadja's